Welcome to Shofar Cape Town South Sermon Podcast. We trust that today's message will edify and strengthen your faith. Right, so my, my tablet died this week. So I'm back to old that? school. What is this? It's a Bible. <laughs> or what is a tablet? Oh, you mean the Bible? How does that work? Oh, this thing, it's just a page. Right. <laughs> quick, quick, easy. It's almost like Kindle, you know, you just flip the pages. <laughs> All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick up from, from last week. Uh, like Liana said, this is sort of, um, especially this first phase of the year, this is really an important part of, um, of what, we, um, what we believe God wants to do. And firstly, and I think most importantly, I believe God wants us to flourish relationally. So Liana mentioned um, our values no way, if you can just put up the next slide, then um, I took that promise. Remember, um, if you missed out um, last week, don't worry, I'm going to recap quite a bit. Uh, there are a number of new parts that I'm going to be sharing today, but I'll make sure that you're in the loop. But just applying the promise of Psalm 147, which I believe is for this year, for us as a church, um, to, to all of our values, the things that are most valuable to us, and I believe this promise is is to that. In fact, I want to encourage you to go and read Psalm 147 and say, God, how does this apply to my life? How do I flourish at my workplace? How do I flourish in my relationships? I want to make this word and this promise part of every aspect of my life. And so for us as a church community, and by the way, we are a supernatural community. Amen? We are a Jesus people. That means we're not... We're not just natural. We're, we're spiritual beings. We are supernatural people. Right? And we must live with that expectation. Look at the first Christians. The, the, the example that Jesus said, um, that is how Christianity is meant to be lived, is supernaturally. Right? We're not just natural people making a natural existence. Um, no, we're supernatural people. We're not meant to just live and go through the motions of life. We are meant to tap into something bigger, something um, that is greater. So, just quickly to run us through our values. We all know our values. Being together, living with fire. Just one back. Uh, no way, otherwise I'm lost. Um, knowing God, cultivating awareness, intentionally outward. And so, we want to flourish in relationships. We want to flourish in our relationship with the Holy Spirit, living with fire. We want to flourish in devotion. Um, that's so important. Didn't you enjoy those that were here with, for the intercession? God just brings it. If we just come, if we just sit before Him, He gives us um, what we need to flourish. Right? There's one thing to take the word. There's, one, uh, there's another thing to sit and wait on God to receive what He has promised. Right? And, and He wants to nourish us. He wants to give to us. Um, flourish in this nation. Uh, so she said last week a word of um, that I was so, you know, moved by God last week where I just felt that the church in the city, the church in this nation lies in ruins, right? And in a time in this nation where the church has a gap to speaking to this nation, to determine how things should be, the church is not there, right? But I believe God is the spirit of resurrection. He can do it in a day, right? He can raise up the church in a day and have the church be... Um, where the church needs to be. So cultivating awareness to flourish in this nation. And then our last 
values intentionally outward, in other words, to flourish in the world. Right now, when I say we're a supernatural people, I don't just mean it in a general sense. I mean every person in this room, right? You are a supernatural being with gifts of the Holy Spirit, empowerment by, by Jesus and a calling from the Father, right? And we're going to end off this, this, this uh, service by really being practical, really engaging. If, if there's one thing that's really going to stand out this year um, is we're not just going to be hearers of the word, but we're going to do it, be doers, right? That's what James says. It's really blessed. That's the way it's meant to be lived is this walk with Jesus um, it's, it's an active lifestyle. It's not just the information download and stuff we know about this world, but it's practical. And so um, that's the promise I've got. And I want to just recap quickly. Sorry, I want to just move this stand for a second. So I can stand here. So um, the Bible says that, you know, Jesus came to teach his disciples relationship. I always say, you know, that's what he did for three years. And for three years, he just made sure that the disciples had relationship with God and relationship with one another. Right? And every time, you know, there would be a fight amongst the disciples, who's the greatest? You know, Jesus would help them to teach them what, what is true relationship. Um, you know, and true, true relationship with God. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself. And so Jesus taught these 12 disciples for three years and then when he left he said it's better that I go because job done I've connected you to the father and you love one another right so I can I can step out of the picture so Jesus taught that and that is that is his heart still for his church today that is his heart for his disciples today that that he they would be connected with God and connected with one another um, I know there is a form of Christianity that says it's me and Jesus, right? That all I need is me and Jesus. And, um, you know, the church is maybe coincidental at most. Um, maybe I can get something sometimes at church, or maybe there's something that can just add on top of my relationship um, with Christ, but that is not biblical. This, when Jesus teaches his disciples, he says, pray our Father. He, he thinks of community before he thinks of individual me my relationship with jesus um actually that's a contradiction um because jesus says i am the head of the church and the, the analogy is of a body right and you cannot have the head without the body you cannot have the body without the head it's all part of one being so um i had a depiction there that i got from pastor arthur some of you would know pastor arthur but Really love this illustration. And so, say you've got a family of five, and the great news, the good news, is that the father, God, loves the dad. He loves the mom. He loves every child. What would happen if the child, the dad, the mom, everyone would love God back? Can you go to the next slide? No way. All right. There is more connection, right? There's a connection back towards God. Suddenly, um, it's, it's not just the God loving us, but there's a living relationship. Next picture. Um, what would happen if they choose to love each other as well? You see the connection there. There's a real um, solid connection. And then if you move on to the next slide, no way. 
What would happen if 16 people in the community would love one another? Right? That is a powerful illustration of the kingdom. Right? Does, does that not communicate to you such safety, security? Um, doesn't that also communicate healthy? Right? Um, but I want to say to you that it, this doesn't come automatically. It comes with work. Right? We need to choose. Um, and I, I was intentional when I said, what would happen if they choose to love one another? Right? It's not as you walk into church, that's the default. The default is that, yes, there is a bond between us, but it needs to be cultivated. We need to be intentional with that bond that the Holy Spirit gives us. And so I looked last week at two scriptures, the bond of perfection and the bond of peace. Um, the enablement of the Holy Spirit to have such a community. And I'm, I, I briefly mentioned it, but I want to illustrate it to you today um, in a couple of um, scenarios of, um, of various um, parts of this community. So if you can just go next slide. Anyway, uh, scenario one, next slide. So I mentioned what I call, um, what we call um, dependence. So, imagine, it, well, you can see there the circle. Um, I didn't draw all the connections, but just for the sake of illustration. So, say you've got two people there, right? And you can see that that person at the top has two connections. Only two connections. One connection with God and one connection with another believer. Now, you can see the other believer has many connections, right? He's maybe got... He doesn't have connections with everyone, but he has connections with a couple. One, two, three, four, five, six. I shared last week a story of um, one of the first relationships in Christ I had with a friend. Um, and he, he got dependent on another person um, because he had only had that one relationship and actually became very unhealthy because he connected to God through that person. So I want to illustrate that if you look at that picture. So um, the Bible is very clear. God is invisible, but he comes to meet us. He sends his son Jesus and he sends his Holy Spirit. Um, but yet sometimes, not sometimes, always, it's easier to connect with a person, right? So what I've often found is um, if, if there's only one connection with a person, and that person has a strong connection with God, if you can go to the next slide, no way. Suddenly, that person begins to connect, because there's only one connection, with God through that person. Next slide, no way. All right. So, what happens is, because it's easier to go to a physical person, if there's not an atmosphere of health, and some of you are agreeing with me, you've, you've, you've seen this in a community, um, that happens, right? The person starts to connect primarily through another person to God. And that's not what God has for us. God has given us the new covenant, so all of us, every one of us, can connect to Jesus directly. No longer do we come through a person, through the priest, through the prophet, but we go directly into God. We don't need a mediator. Jesus Christ is our mediator. 
all right? But this is so important in, in, in cultivating healthy and good relationships, good bonds, that we don't come into a scenario like that. So I've got this really annoying habit, and um, some people uh, take me out on this one. Um, but often when people come to me with a question, I intentionally do this. Marianne's laughing. I say, what does Jesus say to you? Right? Um, because, firstly, I think Jesus always gives much better answers than I do. Right? And, and I, don't, I know I've got my experience and my limited perspective on life and God. Right? Why would you take my answer if you could take Jesus' answer? Right? And so, so I purposefully, also because I've, I've, I've seen, you know, like I mentioned, my friend, but I've seen several people over the years coming to church, and, and, and often that guy is a leader, right? And they, they've got this good relationship with the leader, but they, they never build healthy relationship with several people in the community. And, you know, God's amazing in this regard. He, he sends people into our lives. I think I mentioned last week as well, I said, um, some people say, but I'm struggling with friends, and especially it's Cape Town, it's difficult, and so on. I said, the best way to make friends is to be a friend, right? Go be a friend to several people um, without expecting a return there. Do it in faith, and you'll see God will return. You'll have those connections. Just incline your heart into the right direction. I'll show you um, a bit more in the scripture in a second. So, what happens if that person is gone, right? And, and, and sometimes the person begins to realize this and something's not right here, something's not healthy. Now I pull away because I see, you know, this person is connecting. What happens? No connection, right? And what, what can you imagine that person would experience? Any answers? Sorry? Lost. Okay, lost. What else? How would that person feel? Rejection, abandoned, alone, okay? Now, the better way is to start right, right? Start with healthy connections and don't allow yourself to connect to God only through people, right? That's why spending time in the Word is crucial. That's why spending time in worship is crucial. But at the same time, putting yourselves in environments like small group to connect with people and Often, i found that God sends people that are very different to me into my life. And sometimes it's quite uncomfortable, this sort of a relationship. But embrace that relationship. It's, it's good for you. And if God sends someone into your life, embrace that relationship. Don't go, no, I'd rather find someone that thinks like I do, does like I do, thinks like I do, because we connect, right? And God will give you those people as well. But make sure you have people with different giftings. And we're going to get to the giftings in a second. Okay, scenario two. No way if you can just skip to next slide. Okay. So, this is really important. So, actually, actually let me do this the other way around. Uh, skip a couple of slides the way to where you see the circles. Remember, we are all about Jesus community. We're a supernatural community. We're not a social club, right? We don't just connect on, you know, we've got this interest that we connect on. No, we're a supernatural community, a community all about Jesus. So if that circle again, we're doing the circles today. 
That circle illustrates our community and the center circle uh, illustrates our connection to God. Then our, co our connection as a community could look, and this is, this is what you see in different churches all over. Um, and sometimes people come into church with a certain expectation. If we go to the next slide, no way. They could come in with expectation like this. And this is sometimes the default of the church. Um, and especially if we do things in a worldly, worldly way, uh, we don't do things according to what Jesus wants. You could have a community with a hard altar and a soft core. Okay, let me explain what that means. So the core is Jesus. No way if you can just jump back to the, the hard altar. So in other words, we're a community and on the inside is Jesus, but we make sure we've got these high walls around our community to protect ourselves, right? That we would be tight, that we would be um, whatever connected. Now, look at what happens if someone, I don't know if this animation is going to work. I do animations these days in my slides. <laughs> Back to PowerPoint 95. <laughs> right? So, I don't think it's going to come up. But if you can imagine a little person now standing outside this big circle, and they want to come in, what's going to happen if there's a hard out there? It's going to bounce back. They're not going to be able to come in. It's going to be really hard to come into this community. They're going to have to climb over a wall. Okay? But the center is Jesus. Now, we should not have the center being a soft edge. We should have a center that is a hard edge, right? We should have a hard center and a soft edge. Okay, if you, when the slide comes up, we'll, we'll illustrate it. Um, if the outer, next one, Noah, please. Don't worry about the animation, we'll, we'll skip that for now. Okay, so there, there we go. If the outer is soft, but the core that is Jesus, right, is a hard core, right? That is what binds us. It's not that big outer that keeps us together, but it's the solid center that keeps us together. Then that person can easily enter our community. And actually, if that person enters in and enters where all the way because the center is a heart center Jesus then places the person in the right place in the community right and actually actually in the the, the hard edge it's the community that places the person in the right place okay whereas in this model the biblical model I believe if the person connects to God God puts him in the right place does that make sense? When we put someone in their place, do you think we're going to do it as well as Jesus does? Right? Not at all. Not, not, not close, close to that. And so, there are various ways of doing church, but I believe this is the biblical way. Right? And some people are uncomfortable with it because I had this expectation of this hard edge because I want to feel... This is my community, and we do things this way. You must tell me what I need to do, right? Um, no, I'm not your God. God needs to tell you what to do, 
right? He needs to activate the gift of God that is inside you that could propel you. And yes, we do walk with one another and we're going to have a conversation. We're going to figure out how does this thing work because there's something that's stirring up in me. I don't know what to do with it. Okay, now we can talk because you've connected to God, right? You've not connected to, to people firstly, but firstly to God. Right, so oh, there we go. Now all the arrows is working. All the animations are happening. Thanks, team, there at the back. So just quickly run through those animations and then you can see. All right. So back to the fact that we are a supernatural community. Matthew chapter 15, verse 15 to 17, we see a, a great, great um, example of this. In fact, um, this is what we're going to be focusing on. Matthew 16, 15. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, so Jesus speaks to his disciples, have a, has a bit of a conversation, then ends up here. says, but okay, we've spoken in general, we've spoken about society, we've spoken about the people out there. Okay, let's talk with you now. Let's get really relational. We've spoken in theory, but let's talk hearts now. Okay? What... Um, what do you say? Who do you say that I am? What is the knee-jerk answer, the, the heart's answer to this question? We've spoken about the theoretical answer, what people say. Now let's talk about the heart's answer. Look at what happens here. God's, um, Peter responds and he says, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's his heart response. He says, You're Jesus. You're the Son of the living God. And then Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Alright, so the very next scene remembers what happens. He gets rebuked. Jesus says he's going to go to the cross. Peter says again, Peter, can you believe it? Right, he says, no, 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 Jesus, you can't go. And then Jesus rebukes him and says, get behind me, Satan. Right? So from glory to... <laughs> Peter was on both side of this, sides of the spectrum there. So the bottom line is this. See, there's, there's one that is gunning for your heart. I'm going to surprise you now. Who is gunning for your heart? No. It's the devil. The devil has designed everything in this life to get to your heart, okay? If he can get to your heart, then he can pollute the fountain. We're going to read now what James says about that. But the devil is gunning for your heart. God is longing for your heart. And the big question is, what are you going to do about that? Right? Because Jesus had already done everything. He's done, he's done it all. He's longing for your heart. And the devil is gunning for your heart. The devil is doing everything in your power. And some, some of you are very aware of it. Some of you are less aware of it. But especially in a community like this, he knows the power of the devil now. He knows the power of a supernatural community. He knows that if it's just 80 people in this community that stands up, knowing who we are in Christ, knowing the supernatural. In fact, Jesus needed 12 
when he flipped all of Asia around, right? We are, I don't know how many people in this place, but enough, right? To make a real impact. But the devil knows that. And so he is gunning for your heart. He would do everything to, what James says, pollute your heart so that you, not, you cannot tap into what God has for you. In fact, you, um, you, without knowing it, ignorantly tap into something different. We're going to see what James says in a second. Let's read from James chapter 3. And I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit would really bring this to life and breathe on His Word here this morning. James chapter 3 verse 11. Does a spring yield the same opening sweet and bitter water? Can the fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or vine figs? So no spring can, can yield both salt water and fresh water. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show his works by his good life in the meekness of wisdom. Okay, so I want you to read wisdom as in supernatural revelation or supernatural download. Something, this is the biblical wisdom, something that is not of yourself but is from God. Through His Holy Spirit gives us wisdom. So, who is wise and is standing among you, let Him show His works by His good life in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and strife in your hearts, do not boast and do not lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and here's it, devilish, right? But it's supernatural, okay? It's not natural wisdom. You could look at this wisdom and think, wow, you know, this is, this is not natural. There's a certain sense of awe about this sort of wisdom as well. As is with God's wisdom. So it's supernatural. Sometimes in our Christian walks, we, we just think anything supernatural is God. No, no, no. Ask Moses. Not everything supernatural is God, but that which is through a spirit of humility and that which is lasting. Those are the two, two indicators of what is from God. Humility and lasting. That is from God. When it's, you know, supernatural, but it's temporary. It's just for show. Um, it's, a, uh, it's a performance. Those are signs that it's not of God. But there's two sorts of wisdom. And it comes from the state of the heart. I'm going to see what James says in a second. This, I'm going to read it again. This wisdom descends from above. Does not, sorry. This wisdom the sense not from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and de devilish. Some translation says, and demonic. Um, verse 16, for where there is envy and strife, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from God is firstly pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy, and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Okay, so there's a conclusion. And then there's two almost mathematical equations. 
going to run through the two mathematical equations in that section. Um, but the conclusion, let's start with the conclusion. So the spring cannot yield both sweet waters and bitter waters at the same time. The spring, what is the spring? Spring is this. Jesus says, out of your innermost being, rivers of water will flow, okay? Or fountains of water will flow. So, as supernatural beings, we have the ability to connect with Christ and rivers, waters flow, life flows from a relationship with God. The default for the believer is to have more than enough for himself, to be able to give and to be a blessing to the world. But there's a warning here. Actually, there was a warning in our word as well earlier, but it's the same warning. The warning is that there's something, someone gunning for your heart, and he's trying to pollute your heart. He's trying to pollute that fountain because he knows if the fountain is polluted, what comes out of that fountain is not good. It's earthly, sensual, devilish, right? If it's a pure fountain, if it's a clean fountain, then what comes from there is good, all right? So we want to have, we want to have good, um, pure hearts so that we can have good fountains. And see, that's, that's the reason why the enemy guns in our hearts. So he, he, he has circumstances, he has situations that he sets up that would, if we were to respond incorrectly, cause the fountain to be unhealthy. Now let's look at the equation. So that's the bottom line. The equation is the following. Next slide. No way, please. So, scripture then, James chapter 3, says, If you want to remain in this place of devilish wisdom, earthly, sensual, demonic, also known as supernatural revelation, remember Peter, he stood in front of Jesus, and the one moment he had a revelation from, the God, from God, the other moment he had a revelation from the devil. And Jesus rebuked him and said, get behind me, Satan. Um, Peter, you are now a vessel of the enemy. It's supernatural again, right? It's supernatural. It's not just, it wasn't like Peter had a bad thought. So, sorry, Jesus, I made a mistake. No, he had a download from a different source. And that would oppose Jesus. And so Jesus recognized this and he rebuked not Peter, but the devil in Peter, right? But he recognized something supernatural is happening, right? So these scenarios are going to come from both sides. Now, the challenge there for a, a Jesus, and, and, and it's, a, it's a good example of, of inter-church, um, is someone that is a friend could come to you and it could be a download from the enemy, right? Now, the challenge would be to reject the person, right? Jesus doesn't do that. He doesn't reject Peter. He knows this is, Jesus is living his destiny. He's living his calling. He's going to go to the cross. Here is, this, here is a real big challenge, right? But Jesus doesn't, he discerns what's happening here. He doesn't break down the relationship. The relationship continues, right? But he recognizes what's happening. And for the sake of Peter, he says, get behind me, Satan. Peter, you need to recognize what's happening here. Your connection there wasn't to God. It was a different source. And praise God, Peter got it right. Jesus restored him. Um, he went to the book of Acts, Jerusalem, stood up, 
and he connected to the right source, right? And, and, and from scripture there, never again did he connect to the wrong source, right? He got it right. He got it right. His wisdom descended from above. So, here's the equation that would cause a bitter fountain, okay? Of course, we don't want to do this, but let's look at the equation. Stay bitter and harbor envy. That's what James says, okay? So, bitterness comes from a breakdown in a relationship. Something had gone wrong. So, in Christ, we have forgiveness. In Christ, there's these avenues out of broken relationships and brokenness. Um, but if we stay bitter and we harbor envy, what is envy? Envy is looking at someone else and um, obsessing about something they have that you don't have, right? And wanting that, uh, Dr. Corner Baccarat often say this, but he says the worst sin is not pride, the worst sin is envy. The first sin, the original sin, is Satan looked at God and he said, I want to be like God, right? He was envious over God. And so, you know, that's what he wants for his children, the devil now. Um, he wants them to be envious. So don't harbor envy. Um, and then the second, well, there's three things um, that keeps you in this place. Keep on striving. Now, what is striving? My definition of striving is it's the opposite of being in the spirit. I want to do a bit of an illustration. Gervis, would you quickly come up? Gervis and Craig, would you come up? I'm going to do a bit of an illustration here. Thanks uh, for Malaya giving me a blindfold here. So, okay, let's, I hope this is going to work. Greg, if you can just stand a little bit towards this side. Okay, this. If you can come stand here. Okay. Okay, you're going you're gonna to walk that way. Okay, this, yes. Okay. And, um, Greg, you're going to try and walk in step with Gervis. Do you know what that means? As he takes a step, you take a step next to him. At this space here. This, uh, don't try this at home. <laughs> this could get dangerous. Okay. No, no touching, no touching, but what you can do is you can talk to him. Okay. Uh, don't give him too much clues. You know, let's, <laughs> let's, let's make sure the illustration works. Okay, so Craig, are you ready? Is it hot in there? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> okay, give us a walk. Okay. 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 Not working. Not working. Okay, come back. Come back. Come back. Come back. Okay. Let's let's try this again, and now talk to him a little bit. Right, 
You do it a little bit faster, 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 faster. Okay. Okay, you guys can come back. Thanks. Okay. Well done, Craig. You're doing amazing. <laughs> now we're going to take the blindfold away. Okay, now give us, tell Craig what's going to happen, and then you do it. Yeah, let's give the man. Thanks, guys. Okay, so remember we're talking about strife. You'll see the word strife often in Scripture. Often have people come to me and say they, they're struggling with strife. Okay? What is strife? Galatians chapter 5 verse 25 says, If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. If we live by the Spirit... Let's keep in step with the Spirit. And so, there's this scenario where we live with Jesus in step. Every step He takes, we're there with Him. Alright? And that is true freedom. Alright? That is absolute freedom. If you want to have freedom in your life, find that place where you walk with Jesus in step. That's why we've been given His Spirit. Um, freedom is not having nothing in life and we starve ourselves from everything conversely so those are the two extremes two lies if i have nothing i'll have freedom the other part of the lie is if i have everything i'll be free that's also a lie you can ask anyone that's won the lottery got massive success lived their dreams and got there and it was empty that is also not freedom Freedom is living in step with Jesus. That is absolute true freedom. Now, thanks guys, you were amazing. Did you see that we had, when he had the blindfold on, it was almost impossible to follow Gervis. Okay? When Gervis was gracious, when he was speaking to him, like God is gracious, he would speak to us. It was really hard, right? If Craig had stopped listening for a moment, he would be totally lost, right? Maybe down the road, there would Gervis be, after a couple of seconds, he would have caught his, you know, voice again, and maybe caught up with Jesus, but, but, but either way, it would be really hard. Now, that is if we stay in bitterness and harbor envy, and we keep on striving. It's like having a blindfold on, Right? It's incredibly hard to keep in step with Jesus. It's, it's sort of possible to be around Jesus, but it's, it's totally not what Jesus has for us. He has so much better for us. So the, the, the key is take off the glittery top, right? <laughs> take off the glittery blindfold. Take away the bitterness. Take away the envy, right? So that you can see. Okay, it's good to hear Jesus. It's better to hear Jesus and see Jesus, right? To see clearly. But look at what it results in. If we have that blindfold on, we stay bitter, we harbor envy, we keep on striving, it results in boasting. Isn't that weird? Isn't that interesting, right? It's sort of like we, 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 not, we, we, we know we're not in a good place, but we think if we, if we just boast, we'll feel better about ourselves again, all right? It doesn't work. Or... We lie against the truth. Now, note it says, um, it doesn't say 
lie, it's his lie against the truth. Okay, think of Peter again. Right? Jesus said, I'm going to the cross. Jesus, Peter said, no, no, no. You shouldn't go to the cross, Jesus. We need you. He was mindful of the things of men, Peter. Right? It wasn't like a lie. It was more like a desire. But it was a lie against the truth. So what does that mean? It means that if the fountain is bitter, it results in someone opposing the purpose of Jesus on earth. Right? That's the lie against the truth. So you'll find yourself thinking, this is the really dangerous thing to do. We see, we see the Pharisees doing this. Right? Jesus says, you think you're doing God a favor, but yet you're opposing the very thing that God is doing. That is, that is what bitter envy. You know, in fact, did you know that the Pharisees and Sadducees, they envy Jesus? Did you know that? That's, that's the root of why they oppose Jesus. They, they wanted what Jesus had. That's why they couldn't accept him. It's not like they couldn't get the scriptures. It's not like they didn't see what he did. That it, that the issue was their hearts, right? The enemy had gotten hold of their hearts and they were unwilling to go, let go of the envy and the strife and the bitterness. Then it results in demonic revelation and then the end result is confusion and every evil work. Okay? Confusion. God is not the author of confusion. If you find yourself in a place of confusion, cycle back and bring to God the bitterness and the envy. Say, God, heal me. Uproot this from my life. I want to separate from this. This is, this is easy, right? If we do it God's way. Jesus had made it all possible. He had died for us to be set free of all of those bitter encounters, those you know, situations where we've become envious of others. He can set us free. But there you see the result. Confusion and every evil work. Where God is, there's freedom, there's liberty, there's joy. Where the enemy is, there's confusion and every evil work. The next equation, God's equation, how do we get into God's wisdom? Six things. God's type of wisdom is pure, peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy, and good fruit, without partiality or without, or without hypocrisy. Again, pure, peaceable, gentle, open to reason. If you find yourself, you're not open to good reason. You get into unreasonable state. It's more like your emotions dictate instead of good reason. Then you know it's, it's not an intellectual problem here. It's a heart's problem here. Um, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruit. And then the answer, the way in which to respond, to tap into God's wisdom, and sometimes this is hard, is make peace by sowing peace. That would result in reaping the fruit of righteousness. So in other words, how do you make peace by sowing peace? There's a scenario, and... I could respond by being offended in the situation. I could respond, maybe I am hurt because of the situation, but I could either go into a state of, that was terrible, I'm so angry, I'm not going to let go, I'm going to harbor this thing against this person, or I can go, I'm angry, I'm hurt, this is not feeling good, 
but I'm not going to respond in the same way as I've been hurt. I'm going to sow in peace, right? I'm not going to, I'm going to enter this engagement and I'm going to sow in peace and then I'm going to walk away, right? And then I'll, I'll deal with my heart. I'll take my heart to Jesus. And the amazing thing is Jesus is the healer, right? Jesus, so many people are searching for whole hearts and reconciliation in relationships where it's just in this relationship. Just Jesus can totally heal you. So make sure that you go through this process of allowing Jesus to heal you. Okay, now that brings us to the positive. Sometimes we have to have the, the heavy stuff, right? To get to the good stuff, okay? We need to engage with God. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 8. So now there's this heavenly download, right? There's this supernatural connection. It could be either a bitter fountain or it could be a good fountain. Let's focus on the good. What is that good connection? And I believe today um, there's an opportunity for us to receive. God had promised it, confirmed it in the intercession, and he said it to us again in the worship. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 8 says, Therefore he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts to men. So this is Jesus. He goes to the cross. He sends into heights. He leads captivity captive and then he gives gifts to men. Alright? Again, he had built this community of disciples. He had showed them what real relationship was. And then he said, but I know... You cannot do it by yourself. You need the help of the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus comes. He gives them the helper. But as he goes from the cross into Hades, he brings up and he gives gifts to men. He says, you are a supernatural community and you need supernatural abilities of the Holy Spirit. He gives gifts to men. Those could be the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It could be the gifts of the Father, which is leadership, which is, um, you know, gifts of administration and, and, and various other gifts. It could be gifts of Jesus, apostle, prophet, teacher, evangelist, um, pastor. Right? The five, five giftings. But Jesus gives gifts. Okay. Now, how do you get gifts? How do you... What do you do? What are the ten steps to get gifts? Okay? No ten steps. Because if there were 10 steps, it wouldn't be gifts. It would be rewards. Okay? Gifts are freely given, we just receive. Alright? And so I'm going to pray for us this morning. I just, I'm so convinced that God is a gracious God. He's led captivity captive. Some of us are going to be set free as He's going to take those fountains and He's going to... Maybe this is a little bit. Maybe... Generally, I'm, I've got, I'm, I'm fine in my heart, but just when I turn to this relationship, there's a bit of trigger. You know, it's about that trigger, okay? Um, that causes bitterness to flow and puts me into a bad space. God lets captivity captive, and then He gives gifts to men. So I've got a real expectation that God would give you what I cannot give you. Right? He's got the ability to activate in you who you really are and the gifts that He's given you. And the gifts that He's given you is, are different from the gifts that He's given me. But we are a supernatural community that 
have this connection with God that makes it possible. All right, so we're going to, why don't you stand with me? We're not going to have the band here now. I want us just to connect with God. Thanks, Mr. Drummer, man. <laughs> just want us to connect with God just where we stand, just where we are. Father, we just thank you that we can recognize you as the one that binds us together in the bond of peace and the bond of perfection. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come right now and that you would just illuminate our hearts. And that Jesus, you would come into our hearts with your gentleness and with your peace. As you Thank you for your presence in this place, Lord. Thank you that you revealed to us.